Levi, got a job for you. Oh, you're going to love this job. It is a job perfect for you. It is a job in which there's lots of flexibility and there's lots of opportunity and we have a great we have a great fun staff who just love to come to work every single day wherever they are in, in the globe they come to work they're just skipping happy to come to work and every day we face new challenges and new possibilities and break new ground and everyone has a voice and everyone has an opportunity and everybody feels comforted and supported and loved and appreciated and rewarded and recognized you are going to love this job it is just an amazing job this job can be in your house this job can be at our office it doesn't matter it's completely up to you we can use you can work remotely you can travel from office to office if you've been here a while you can move to other offices and visit other countries in the world this is an amazing job for you wait where are you going welcome to the talent cast the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you yes you can hire better talent isn't that what we're all trying to do I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the TalentCast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Oh, we'll be right back. Hey there, James Ellis here, using his AM radio voice, right? AM radio voice, coming at you, man. I, I just, uh, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I realized I was using the AM radio voice accidentally. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't always sound, have to sound like Kermit the Freaking Frog, uh, which I'm pretty sure in my head, I always sound like Kermit the Freaking Frog. I have a fairly, relatively higher voice. Um, so I have to, I, it's fun to drift into the AM radio personality voice, coming at you on your AM dial. Tonight it's Fog Hat. No, um, there'll be no Fog Hat. So, Here's the trick. I'm, I'm, I'm working for a client right now, and I'm getting a chance to interview a lot of smart people all across the globe and talking about what was your experience working here? What was your experience getting the job? What was your experience now that you've been here? You know, doing the employer branding thing, right? I'm doing the audits. I'm asking questions. I'm trying to learn. Uh, and I'm finding one thing very interesting. Oh, wait, before I get that, you know you can go to jamesellis.us or you can go to employerbrand.consulting or thetalentcast.com and you can sign up for the newsletter and make sure you're updated on all this stuff where I'm speaking and all that good stuff, right? Right? And you know that if you have a last minute uh, slot on your calendar in two weeks, you can come to, you should come to talk to me and like a billion other employer brand smart people uh, at Austin, right? Employer brand or talent brand summit. That's in end March. And I have a code. It's I'm with James. If you use it, you get 10, 200 bucks off. It's a thing. You should do it. Otherwise, Transform, ERE, uh, RecFest, uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So there, there you go. Go sign up. Go. You'll, you'll learn. You'll learn so much. Anyway, you know, I keep asking, you know, what's, what's it like and what were you told and what did you learn? And, you know, the standard kind of coterie of questions I try to have in my back pocket of let me see if I can learn about this company. Let me see if I can try and distill uh, what makes this company magical, special, unique, you know, the perfect snowflake, et cetera, et cetera, right? You get this. You know this. This isn't new stuff. Um, for whatever reason, and I don't think it's specific to this company. In fact, I know it's not specific to this company, which is why I'm talking to you about it, because you are not specific to that company. But this idea that 
as recruiters or recruiting type professionals, our job is to make these pitches, right? We're going to reach out to these people and say, we have an amazing job for you. We have an amazing opportunity for you. Even if you do it on a relationship driven level where you're saying things like, hey, let me send you some content. Let me build a relationship. And once we've got a real re relationship and not just some simple rapport using some simple rapport based tricks or NLP based tricks I can use to build that rapport. Um, and we want to talk about NLP separately. That's a whole other kettle of fish, right? Um, you know, I'm trying to hear, I'm, I'm building relationships so I can, then I can pitch you a job, right? Everything is about eventually I'm going to pitch you a job. Maybe I'm pitching you a company. Maybe I'm pitching you an opportunity. Maybe I'm pitching you a team. Maybe even a location. Maybe even a growth, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I'm pitching you these opportunities. Now, as recruiters, we know, we know this company really, really, whatever company we're portraying, talking about, representing, we know this company really, really well. Chances are we are employed by said company, right? They pay our paychecks. We know the ins and outs. We know you know, what the bonuses usually look like. We know the likelihood of getting those bonuses, how realistic they are. Um, we know what the politics are. We know that the benefits are pretty good or eh, okay, but whatever. They're standard or whatever. They're actually really good. And let me show you why, but I can't really tell you that I went to therapy that one time because that's awkward and no one needs to know that. But when I went to therapy, I paid almost nothing. It was fantastic, right? There's that conversation that happened. You know this stuff about the company because you've lived it. Your experience shows you with your own two eyes, I'm assuming, um, that you what you see is what's going on, right? You see that the paycheck keeps coming through. You see the, what the work is every single day. You see who you're working with. You see who your boss is. You see what the policies are. You see all of this stuff, and you know what's real. Now, let's talk to a candidate who doesn't know you very well. Even if you build a little relationship, you may not know the brand really well, even if you're in a relatively famous brand, right? There are plenty of famous brands. That I would, if you asked me, Jay James, what's it like to work at this company? I'd be like, I, I don't know. I have no sense of what that would be like because I've ne it's never really entered my radar, right? Uh, Mayo Health, right? Super top name, top drawer health. I wouldn't know what it's like to work there. I wouldn't know what's special about it. I have zero idea. It just never entered into my imagination. It's not about whether it has a high consumer brand. It's about whether I've thought about what it's like to work there, right? We're employer brand professionals. We know these things. I was going somewhere. I forgot. Oh, yeah. So as a candidate, I don't know enough about it. And the first level of in the first touch point. I'm probably going to get as to what's it like to work at this job. Is It's like, you know, let me, let me take two steps back and you can tell I'm flustered, but I'm, I'm, I'm now realizing I'm, I'm weaving two ideas together here, right? The first is the recruiter is not necessarily believable and not because the recruiter's bad, but not because you're a jerk and not because anyone's lying, but because they're just not believable. In the same way, I don't necessarily believe a car salesperson or a realtor, right? A realtor is complicated, right? They're technically on my side. I'm paying them. They're quote unquote incentivized to get me the highest, the lowest, or if I'm selling a house, to, to they're incentivized to get me the highest sale price as possible. But... I don't believe them because they're really incentivized just to close the damn deal, that it makes more sense just to close it at a lower price because it guarantees cash now instead of a slightly larger future payout down the road by maximizing my time, right? The, the incentives aren't exactly right. I don't believe people who are incentivized. I don't believe other marketers. I love other marketers. They're my people, but I know they're incentivized to tell me a very particular version of the truth, right? 
As recruiters, you are paid not to educate people, you are paid to help hire people. And if there's a particular fact about your company that makes people run away in droves, guess what? You're not talking about it much, or you're talking about it on the sly, or you're prepping the conversation so that when you do bring it up, it ain't too bad, right? This is the kind of thing we have to do. We're salespeople to that extent. Recruiters are salespeople. They're selling a job, right? But still, the trick is that it's not believable. Even when you have a great product to sell, you have a great company, it's a great job, it's a huge opportunity. First off, it's not a huge opportunity for everybody. It's a huge opportunity for a very, 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 very thin, select, choice group of people. You've got an amazing opportunity to grow a sales team. How many people could do that job? A couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand year area, maybe? That's still a very small slice of the total population. Not just every salesperson, it's sales leadership. It's sales, you know, it's, a, it's strategy, it's structure, it's meant, all that stuff, there is, has to be baked into it. It's not just, it's a sales job, but a little bit more. No, you're looking for someone who knows how to grow a team. Now, that's, you know, that's the thing, is that you're looking for a very select person. So you can't just say, hey, we have this amazing job and you should come do it. It's about, I need to find the right person for the job. This is all stuff you know. What the hell am I talking about? The thing is, is that it's not believable. So I'm doing these interviews and it's a good company. They seem to be pretty solid. They offer really good benefits. The people who work there seem to actually really like working there. They're not full of crap, it seems. They're fairly believable. And I've started to ask them all, how believable was the conversation you had with the recruiter relative to what you saw when you walked in? That is to say, when the recruiter told you that you were that everybody there was a lot of fun, how much did you believe it? And how much did you go, oh, they weren't full of it when you walked in the door and found that they were in fact pretty fun people, that they didn't try to have a lot of fun? And the gap between what they were told and what they believed is staggering. It, it almost belies the possibility that they would even have taken these jobs at all, right? If I didn't believe that the recruiter was saying things like they're a fun group of people, what else am I not believing the recruiter is saying? The salary is going to come through. This is what the pay range is going to be. These are what the benefits generally are. This is when promotions are, right? Recruiters are inherently not particularly believable. It's just in the nature of the beast, right? They're not buying what you're selling, because they know you're incentivized. They know that you're, they, want, they just want you to say yes so that you'll apply and you'll go through the process and there's a good chance or a slim chance or whatever, chance it is, you'll get this job and they can go on to their next project, right? They just want this done. So they're going to hide the things that are less unpleasant or they'll spin them so hard you don't even realize what they're saying. I've had plenty of interviews that luckily I knew enough walking in that when I was told certain things, I'm like, oh, that is the hardest spin I've ever seen. Oh my goodness, they are trying to turn that into butter. Good Lord, what is going on here? I know exactly what kind of sharky place this is. Oh, you call it competitive. Is that the code word you're using? Interesting. I know that people are killing each other just to kind of get ahead. Interesting spin. They're just not believing what you're saying. Now, that's a problem on a lot of levels, but the most important being in a world where people are choosy about what jobs they're going to take, they rely on information to make those decisions. You can't make a decision without information. That's called flipping a coin. That's called eeny, meeny, miny, right? And if, yeah, don't, let's not get into eeny, meeny, miny, because if, if I start going into kids' songs, I'm gonna go straight to Baby Shark and you're all screwed, right? Um, 
you have to have information to make these choices. If you're going to choose between two companies that on the face look equal, you need more information. The answer isn't, uh, let's see, paper, scissors, rock, who's going to win? It's going to be, let's learn more. Let's talk to some employees. Let's talk to some past employees. Let's look at the glass door reviews. Let's look at what Google has to say. You know what's fun? Google image search. What's it like to work at blank company and see the pictures that come back? <laughs> oh my goodness. Some of them are chilling. Um, some of them are clearly uh, pushing a very particular agenda, and some of them have no idea and have never thought to Google themselves like that. Um, then you need information. Information is the thing that changes the game. Information is the thing that persuades people to take action. Information is what justifies a decision. Even if the decision, and very often it is, emotional, what happens is you make an emotional decision, but you need more information to justify that emotional decision. I've always liked that brand. I've always liked that company. I've always wanted to work there based on I can't remember what. I'm emotionally choosing this company. I'm going to go find more information to justify that reason. So then when people say why, I don't say because I've always wanted to, but I don't remember why because then I sound like an idiot. But to say, ah, because of this one fact, I found enough information. So let's take a little detour. And I want to talk about the funnel. And I, you know, it's funny. I've had a long history with this, the, the, the candidate journey funnel, whatever you want to call this thing. Um, I, you know, I feel like as part of an agency five years, coming on five years ago now, um, I feel like I really got to see the industry embrace the funnel, right? They stole the idea from marketing or the, the market was thrust upon them by a salesperson, potentially such as myself, uh, among many, thank you. I will not take credit for bringing the marketing funnel to recruiting. No, I will not do that. I'm not that big of a jerk. Um, but I was there. I got to see recruiting teams and talent acquisition teams kind of go, I see what this is. I get it. And really start to embrace the idea that you end up having a grab a lot of people and drag them through the funnel to find the people you're going to actually hire. Here's a funny trick. You know, you think of that funnel, you think of the start big and work down, right? You winnow and filter. You um, sort, you select, you get rid of the ones that don't quite fit. And we talked about that that last podcast about the 99% thing where you're just filtering people out as fast as you can. That Let's be fair, a good chunk of a recruiter's job is trying to get rid of people who don't fit the mold of what the hiring manager thinks they're trying to hire for, right? Which is a, another whole podcast I'm sure I should get to soon. What if we inverted it because what happens is at the very top of the funnel, to get into the top of the funnel, I just need a hook. I need very little information to make me go from unaware to aware. Right? If that's the very if that's how you're defining the top of the funnel, you go from unaware to aware to what's it called? Interested, validate, decide, act. Right? There's and there's lots of different permutations of it. Some people don't have um, uh, validate. Some people don't have unaware. They just assume the space above the funnel is unaware. Blah 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 blah. Um, whatever. But to go from unaware to aware requires very little information. Right? The second you downloaded the Uber app, you could not say you were not aware of Uber. The second you they opened up a, a, a target on your in your city, they you can't couldn't say you didn't know what a target was. The second um, you know, and even as a, as a as a as a dude, I remember when Sephora dropped in, they came out to me, they came out of the sky and my 
let's go with girlfriend at the time. I can't remember girlfriend or wife. Complicated. Um, she wanted to go to one because she had heard about it. We walked in. I was blown away. It took me very little information to walk in the door. I was like, okay, it's a new store. Got it. It's called Sephora. They sell makeup. Got it. That's like the least amount of information about a store like Sephora, right? Very little information. But I walk in, I got more information. And that's what happens is, right? You get a little bit of information about the company or the brand or the job and you just enough for you to say, huh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'd like to learn more. Now, let's weigh the amount of information it took you to go from unaware to aware. Grams, right? Let's, and this is all relative, right? This is, this is all metaphorical weighing. It's very, very little information. It's just enough to say, here's a logo. Here's what this company does. Cabango, you can't say that you're unaware. That's all it takes. It's really all it takes. It could be a little story in BuzzFeed, right? And I keep mentioning that one where uh, uh, the woman says, I need to take a mental health day. She writes her boss. The boss passes to the CEO. The CEO forwards her response to the entire company saying, thank you for reminding us that when we need to, to take care of ourselves, that we need mental health days. And that thing went viral, got seen by 17 bajillion people on the internet, right? That's a teeny piece of information. That BuzzFeed story was a teeny piece of information. Um, but I'm aware of that company now. The, the, the news story of Goldman Sachs this week loosening its dress code ever so slightly, somehow making the news everywhere, is the teeniest piece of information. And frankly, if you're not in financial circles or you're young and you don't know who Goldman Sachs is, that might be your first exposure to the concept of Goldman Sachs as this company. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, great. Now I know they're a company with a low dress code. Now, <laughs> let's be fair. They're not a company with a very light dress code. They're a company with a very rigid dress code that they've just lightened up somewhat. But again, you're just going from unaware to, to aware. You need very little information. Now, now that you're aware, how much information, relatively speaking, will it take you to go from aware to interested? I will posit that it's effectively exponential. Okay, go back to Sephora. Oh, you're a company, you sell makeup, great. Oh, you're a company, you sell makeup, your displays are amazing, you have a wide variety of stuff, there's lots of samples, there's people around to help me you know, learn stuff about stuff. If I have a question for myself, if I'm that kind of character, if it's a question for my significant other, if that's my kind of thing, I have, they have questions, they have answers, it's fantastic. That is exponentially more information than, oh, they're a store, they sell makeup, right? Learning that much got me more interested in the company. It takes exponential, as you move from unaware to aware, it takes very little information. To move from aware to interested, it takes exponentially more information. Guess what? To move from interested to decide or validate or whatever you do, exponentially more information. See what I'm doing here? The funnel is pointed down, the amount of content by weight is inverse. The farther down the funnel, the more content you need to move to the next step. And I'm going to go ahead and just say and posit it. It's exponentially more information. To get someone who is ready to decide to take action, that's a lot of information, right? So think about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Think about it. You've got a 15-minute video that extols the history of your company. Here's messages from the CEO. It's well shot. It's well produced. There's three legitimate okay jokes in it. Um, it portrays you well. It is connected to your broader brand position. It's good freaking work. But it's also 15 minutes long. And relatively speaking, that's a lot of information. 
right? If we go back to the weighting model, it's a lot of information. That is near, that's a ton of information. Now, if you're trying to attract someone to become aware of you and you send them a 15 minute video, what are they aware of? You're insane. I don't know you. Why would I spend 15 minutes watching your video? I don't care how good it is. Did it win any awards? Did it win an Oscar? No. Let's <laughs> and go talk to the people at the Oscars. You know they have a rule that you're not allowed to vote for um, a foreign language or a documentary or animated shorts uh, unless you've signed a thing that says you've seen them all. You can't just pick the one you've heard about and make it a, 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 a popularity contest, right? You have to say, I've literally seen them all because they're so hard because it's, you're asking a lot for these people. You're, you're asking people to watch a 15-minute employer video. They don't know who you are. There's no outcome. For them. They're not going to sit still for that. They're not going to. They can barely sit still watching Breaking Bad. Right? They got three screens up when they're watching Breaking Bad. They have, you do not have their full attention. And let's be fair, Breaking Bad is fairly riveting. <laughs> it's fairly, really well shot. It's intense. And that you'd think they would be paying attention to that. And yet even in the most intense and attractive piece of content there is, their screens are all over. They're distracted. And you think your 15-minute video is going to get people from aware and un uh, unaware to aware? No. What do you need to get them from unaware to aware? A hook. Something that gives them a sense of, oh, I get what this company is about. That's why employer brand is so important. That's why positioning is so important because it allows you to fine tune and decide what your company might be interested in or might have people interested about you in the smallest amount of information. It's like if you, or if you, have to, if you can only deliver grams of information, what are those grams? Each word, each letter, each pixel has to count for something. So you can't say, here, I'm going to give you a 45-page booklet. Here, I'm going to give you a 15-minute video. Here's a massive website full of 100 two-minute videos. Pick something and go. No one's going to do that. At the top of the funnel, they just need the hook. And once the hook appeals to them, they become interested and they want to learn a little bit more. Not a lot a bit more. That is not the time. Once they say, oh, I'm kind of interested, that is not the time you send them the 15-minute video or the 500-page book, the hardbound novel of the history of the company. That is not the time you say, hey, go look at our website. There's a million pages there. You, I'm sure you'll find something interesting. They're not going to do it. As a recruiter in the sales cycle and the sales process, your job is to vet roughly where in the funnel they are, gauge how much information and what kind of information they need, how much they can handle, not because, and if we get, if we're, if you're, if we're good recruiters and we know we're net, no one piece of information is, get, get them, is going to get them to hopscotch to the end of the funnel in one leap. No one piece of information is going to make them say, yep, I'm ready to apply, let's go. I'm ready to go for the interview, let's go. It's a process, it's a journey. Your job is not to get them to apply. Your job is to get them to move one step far, farther down the funnel. So if you meet someone at a party, your job is not to get them to apply. Your job is to simply get them to be aware. If you do a really good job, maybe you can get them to be vaguely interested, at which point when you go home into the office the next day, you shoot them an email with a little bit more information. By the way, since we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, data science again. Why do I have to go to data science? Let's pick something else. Since you're so interested in accounting, here's an article one of our accountants wrote. That great meeting you at the party last night, got to go by. Click, that's it. You're not overwhelming them. You know they need a little bit more than the hook because you've already given them the hook. Now you need more information to get them from 
vaguely interested to more interested. And once they're more interested and they say, oh, thanks very much. I read that. That was really interesting. Ah, now they're really interested. Now you can drop a two-minute video on their laps. Now you can say, hey, that article, we archive those on our website. Here's the section about accounting. I think you should talk to Susan or at least read Susan's profile. That's a great entry point for the kind of stuff we do here. You're not sending them the entire site. You're not even sending the entire section. You're saying, start. here's the door. Here's the entry point of Susan who sounds or looks and acts like you. I think you find a way to build connection and it leads to more information as you're more interested. Oh, you read that? That's fantastic. Here's the video or even wait on the video until they've applied and say, look, I think you're a fantastic candidate. We're going to move you through the cycle. But while I'm doing this, I think you'd, be really, uh, you'd really benefit by watching this video before the interview, right? Here's where the metric ton of information is. See what I did there? It's not so much that about streamlining the information you give them the least amount of information. It's not about giving them so much information that they go, ah, I, yeah, too much, too much, too soon. Uh, it's about make very, being able to see that the model of moving people the funnel requires, each step requires exponentially more information. Now, as a good recruiter, you should have, or frankly, you should demand of your company that they build more good content, more good information, to build a library of it. But if they build the best library in the world and you don't know how to use it, what good was it? As a recruiter, you need to say, okay, I'm roughly at the interested stage, which means they can't take a lot of information, which means I have to cherry pick the right piece of content, again, not to get them to apply, but just <clears throat> to keep them more interested, <clears throat> interested in it. And this is where I'm going to take a coffee break and you're going to hear the drums. Hold on. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. So your job is to vet that they're in that, that stage that requires a certain amount of information and not overwhelm them. Or worse yet, starve them. Because the second you starve them is the second they go, you know, I needed more information, but this recruiter didn't hit, give me enough information. I'm going to go find my own. At which point, welcome to Glassdoor. Welcome to Google. Welcome to Indeed. Welcome to all these places where that story that you're trying to tell is no longer under your control. Someone else is now telling your story for you and she Chances are, it's someone who doesn't work there anymore. How useful is that? So this is the game a good recruiter and a good employer brand should be playing together. Building a library of good content, good stories, a way of moving the process along, moving the candidate through the funnel in a way that respects the candidate to say, I'm not here to dump a mountain of content on you because what that says is, as the recruiter who knows the most about the company, I've decided to abdicate my responsibility to walk you through the model. I'm just going to dump this content and hope you figure it out. Got to go by. And that's the recruiter who no one wants to work with, right? If you're talking to a select accountant or a select uh, project manager, whatever, they can be choosy. And if you're not going to be helpful, you are the advocate for the entire brand. They're going to go, oh, this is a company that doesn't care about its talent. Got it. 
Now, to you, you're just freaking busy, and you just went, well, here, they, I, some idiot on a podcast told me I should give them content to tell them stories, so I did that, so I just gave it to them, but I don't know what to give them, so I just gave it all to them. Don't put this on me. Um, no, that doesn't work that way. You have to show that you are connected to them. That, you know, If you're trying to build a relationship with them, which you should be, this is how you do it. You, If I have a relationship with you, I can sense where you are in the funnel. I can sense what kinds of pieces of information you would need to know now. I'm listening enough to you. I understand you enough to know, you know what? This is the stage where they're wondering, is this even going to pay my bills? Or this is the stage where they're at, Gosh, you know, I'm talking to a lot of different companies. I need something interesting about this company. I need to know that it's flexible, or I need to know that um, the company is growing. I need to know blah, 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 whatever. I have a sense of what this person needs to know now, right? I'm not asking for the moon because I know recruiters who do that every day. Half of them don't even realize that's what they're doing. It's just innate to what they're doing, but they're just good listeners, they're just listening to the can and going, okay, they need these things. This is what they need. And they have that sense of, I shouldn't overwhelm them by giving them everything. So I'm going to, if not slow play them, certainly uh, measured, put put content out in a measured fashion, in a respectable fashion, in a non-content dump fashion, you know, where I'm backing the truck up and it's yards of dirt. And it's like, beep, 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 just put it anywhere, Bob. It's not like that. That's that, that, that's a good balance of what an employer brand and a recruiter can do together to attract good talent, to move them through the funnel, to be able to control to some extent, if not just flat out influence, the stories that that candidate is hearing, the frame around which the candidate is looking at this information, that's how we're doing it. We're doing it by putting out content in a measured fashion. Because ultimately, without that, Candidates just don't believe you. You've given them no reason to believe you. You have all this information, but they know you're, you have to protect certain people. There are certain things you can't say. There are certain things you're not allowed to talk about. There are certain things that are verboten. There are certain answers that are designed to obfuscate the real truth about what's really going on in the company, right? If the company's having leadership problems and it's in the papers, papers, what the hell is a paper? It's in the internet. It's on the websites. And people are like, well, I heard your CTO is 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 being re- is being removed. The recruiter has some sort of way of spinning that to be, oh, it's no big deal. It's not a big problem. Please, 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 please apply. And then when you show up and you're like, yeah, this place is a nightmare. We don't have a CTO. And the last CTO was horrible. And no one knows who's in charge. That's why the candidate doesn't believe recruiter. They don't buy what you're selling because they know you're incentivized not to lie. I won't call it lying, but for spinning but for positioning and reframing in such a way that, the, that you are providing the best possible view into their company as they can, right? That's, and, that's, and that's fine. That's fine in the short term. If you've got a fish on the hook and you're trying to reel them in, the best thing to do is to sugar talk them in, right? Is to, to give them what they want to know and give them what they want to hear and not spook, spook them and give them a reason to say, oh, really? It's like that? Got to go. Bye. You just want to sucker them in. Longer term, it's not going to work. If you're trying to move from a model in which you're all about how many job postings can I push out to the world, how many people can I attract to that applying for the job, how can I walk them through the funnel so they become more interested and engaged, if you're moving in a world where everybody, everybody who applies actually knows what this job is and knows what this company is and knows what this brand is and already kind of is pre-sold on the brand, is kind of ready to go, I mean, sure, it means a tenth the applications, but who cares? Every one of those applications is gold. If you're trying to move to that world, the answer is to stop sugar talking. 
the answer is to start saying, here's what's really happening. Here's what's believable. Here's what's honest. Because they need information, and if you're not providing it, they're going to find it on their own. All right. That's all I had to say. In terms of, yeah, anyway. <laughs> For those of you who don't believe that I make this up every single day, literally, I made that all up. I had an idea halfway through. You can hear me. You can hear me. I go, oh, wait, that connects to this other idea I had two weeks ago, and I just put it all together. This is how this game is played. This is why this podcast is so much fun. For me, hopefully, it's also useful for you. Um, like I said, just you want to see where I'm speaking, you want to hang out with me, you want to hire me to do stuff, I don't know, jamesellis.us or employerbrand.consulting. Um, always happy to help. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. How much do you understand the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.